Welcome to Ticking Stock with Kelly McMillan. If the name sounds like a business show to you, then you've got it all wrong. Kelly McMillan is the principal of McMillan Fiberglass Stocks and will talk about shooting for fun, competition, hunting, and self-defense. Now, here is your host, Kelly McMillan. Hi, welcome to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. I'm your host. And for the next hour, we're going to talk about just about everything related to firearms and the firearms industry. Uh, have a really great show today. Um, later on, I'm going to have uh, Timothy Jensen from Grunt Style on. I'm really excited to talk to him. Then we'll also have Cole Kornberg on from Voodoo Guns. A really exciting new company. I think he's got some really exciting products. Uh, uh, looking forward to talking to him. We're going to start off the show by talking a little bit about uh, us and, and uh, you know, last week, if you were listening, we introduced uh, ELRHQ. I wanted to give Zev a little bit of time just to talk about that, what that's going to be and how that's going to, you know, work out for all of our listeners that are competitive shooters. Thank you, Kelly. I appreciate that. Well, it's really exciting. I didn't think it was going to get uh, as fun as it is. We originally had conceived of, of working with the ELR community, and then when we started talking with our friends in the uh, uh, PRS community and the F-Class community and so on, we found out that the need that we've established amongst ELR really exists everywhere, and that is a one-stop shop for everything you're going to need. So whether you're just getting into the game and you're not sure what kind of equipment you're going to need, or you're an established competitor, you really want to know what are the winners using. And that's what we're bringing to the table. So really excited about that. Um, we've been building our inventory, and the stock room is, is chock full. And uh, the website should be done and ready to go by the 18th of this month. And we're just really excited. Also, our pro staff has been growing. So originally, uh, we had the folks from the U.S. Rifle Team and from ELR. Now we're getting PRS shooters. Uh, we're getting some high-power shooters. It's just really exciting, and I'm looking forward to it. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that with us, Zev. Uh, I'm really excited about it, too. I think it's going to be another way that McMillan separates itself from everybody else in the industry. Uh, not only are we going to put out only the finest equipment that, that we find available, and we're going to determine that by what the, the leaders of the, the, each of the shooting disciplines are using, and we're going to talk to them about why they use it and, and how they use it, what makes it better, so that when people make that choice uh, about getting into a sport, for instance, F-Class or even ELR, they'll be able to talk to the guys who have competed in, in the events at the King of Two Mile, have used products and found which ones actually work, and then they'll be able to purchase those products knowing that they're not going to make a mistake by spending a lot of money on something that doesn't really work for what they're trying to use it for. Exactly. Uh, and so that's the, that's the main thing with this store. It's a one-stop shop for everybody who is a competitive shooter to be able to get all the gear they need. For instance, if you're an F-Class shooter and you want to get into ELR, it's a whole new set of, of equipment that you're going to have to get. That's right. And in order to be confident that you're not going to spend money on things that just don't work, come to ELRHQ. We'll... Uh, show you through videos uh, which products are out there. The champions will actually be talking directly to you. And if you have any questions, we can uh, answer to the best of our ability why those uh, products have been chosen. And you can feel confident that you'll get your money's worth and uh, be ready to compete right away. So that's really exciting. I'm, I'm happy about that. Thanks for sharing that. Uh, I also have uh, Thomas Moraz sitting in the studio today. He just was happened to be in the shop and said, hey, you mind if I sit in? I said, okay. 
Uh, say hi, Thomas. How's it going, guys? So let everybody know who you are, just so that they know who Thomas Moraz is. I, I'm sure they've heard of you before. Thank you for having me on, Kelly. <clears throat> My name is Thomas Moraz, and I'm uh, one of the owners of Owens Armory. And we are building uh, long-range hunting rifles as well as competition rifles. Um, actually had a chance to uh, meet you and see you guys at the uh, King of Two Miles this year. That was a lot of fun. Uh, you know, the, a lot of excitement getting to see that uh, first person to hit the two-mile target this year. And, um, yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're doing a lot of fun builds this, uh, this year for SHOT Show coming up in January. And then we also have a lot of, uh, a lot of our rifles, you know, with uh, ultralight McMillan stocks have been going out to the hunts. Well, I want to make an observation because I followed you on social media. You guys aren't just gun builders. You guys literally, I think you're really hunters first. And then you, you, you figured out, well, in order to be able to do what we want to do, we need good guns. So you, you started building guns. You started the company. And, but you're really hunters. You yeah, know, you, we, uh, I always joke that Nick's the hunter, and I'm just the one that likes to shoot stuff. Uh, you know, whenever it comes to hunting in Arizona, moving here from Oklahoma was such a treat because uh, I'd, I'd never glassed as much <laughs> in one setting during a hunt as I have whenever I moved here. You know, Oklahoma, is a, it, it, it's a completely different hunt. You hunt from like a tree stand or like a hunting blind. You come to Arizona, you're going to you're going to glass from the time that you get there to the time that you leave. You're going to be on glass, and it's really fun. And that's what the neat thing is with uh, the Edgefield technology that McMillan offers. It, it allows you to have a lightweight hunting package, and then we couple that with, you know, like a proof research barrel or a, some ultralight uh, action, and we can really put together a nice package for it. Great. Well, thanks for sharing that uh, with us, Thomas. Thanks for being here, and uh, if you want to chime in on anything during the show, feel free to do so. Right now, we're going to get to our collegiate spotlight. Really excited to have Marcia Beasley on and her assistant coach, J.P. Lucas. They're from uh, Old Miss, and uh, Marcia's had a very distinguished career as a coach, N not only a coach, but as a shooter early in her career and, and for the last 20-some years as, as a, an NCAA coach. Marcia, thanks for being on the show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing a little bit about Ole Miss. Why don't you tell us uh, about their program, about what you and, and JP are doing uh, in terms of building the, the Ole Miss program, and give us some information that our listeners will find valuable when they decide whether or not their kids or their, their youngsters that are shooting today might consider Ole Miss as one of the, the universities that they might be able to shoot at. Well, Ole Miss is a great school. I have been here just one, well, one and a half years now. I'm halfway through my second season. JP was new in September, and we are trying to build um, the best program possible, the best team possible. We are a women's team. Uh, University of Mississippi added rifle uh, just 21 years ago, and the impetus was that the Southeastern Conference asked every school to add a women's sport. So Mississippi has chosen to have just a women's team, although we compete against mixed teams. That's something that my regular listeners are going to get tired of hearing, but we say it each week. This is the one sport where females can compete on an equal level with male competitors and actually win. So the fact that you have 
selected just to have a female team doesn't mean that that's not a competitive, really good um, competition uh, for the people that are out there shooting. That's correct. Um, it does limit our recruiting pool compared to the schools that are, have chosen to have a mixed team, but certainly women are just as competitive and uh, Texas Christian University's women's team, um, I think they're ranked number two right now. So um, certainly able to compete. Well, you mentioned that J.P. Lucas is new to the uh, Old Miss program. He just, from what I understand, he just graduated from West Virginia on a national championship team and shot just last year. So you brought him in to help you uh, build the Old Miss program. Is that correct? Absolutely. Um, and I feel like it's working pretty well. The um, he he brings a different background and experience and. I think the team members have been very responsive to a number of the things that um, we implemented this year. Um, How would a potential student get in touch with you or through your website? Let us know what it is that they need to do to be able to start the conversation about recruiting. Uh, You can find us at Ole Miss, O-L-E-M-I-S-S, sports.com and the contact information is on there and certainly um, I would want to encourage folks to look at shooting in college. It's just such a tremendous opportunity. When you're in school, you've got more time than you're going to have later in life and to be able to really spend every day working on your craft it's a really unique opportunity, and certainly myself, but I think also the team, it's just a lot of fun to be able to come to the range and shoot every day, and that, you know, I really do want to encourage people to look at college shooting and look at that as an opportunity. As we've discussed on our show many times, it's really the only fast track to the Olympic shooting. Um, I, I'm sure that at some point, in history, there has been shooters that have not gone to college that have made the Olympic team. But for this discipline, it's really the only place that that you get the type of competition that you need to prepare you for the Olympics. You're basically right. And I think a lot of it is the amount of training time and experience to be competitive at the Olympic level. Um, it takes a lot, and while to be able to do that while you're in school, I think that gives people a lot of experience to draw on. Um, and the air rifle event is exactly the same as the Olympic event. The small board we do indoors at 50 feet, but it's very, very close. So it really is a good training ground for the Olympics. Well, thanks for coming on the show and sharing all that with us. It's really good to have coaches who care enough about their sport and shooting in general to one, one to foster shooting in females. That's something that we work really hard at. We try to get as many females involved in the shooting sports as possible because it's actually a sport that, that really fits well into a competitive person's 
you know, psyche when they can compete at the highest level, men and women, and don't feel like they're disadvantaged at all. So it, it, it's really fun from that point. I really appreciate you taking the time to be on the show and help sharing that with us. I just wanted to repeat one more time. That's Ole Miss, O-L-E-M-I-S-S, shooting? It's sports, olemissports.com. Oh, and then you okay, can find sports. a click for rifle. And okay. thank, thank you for all you're doing to promote college shooting. Uh, we well, really appreciate it. You're welcome, and good luck with the rest of the season. I know you're kind of right in the middle of it. I uh, hope things go well, and I definitely want to hear from you later in the season when uh, things come around to the NCAA tournament. Well, that would be wonderful. Thank you. Okay. Thanks, JP. Thanks for being on. Yep, okay, yep, we're going to move. Okay, thanks. Uh, we're going to move right along now. We've got our first guest. It's Timothy Jensen. Um, he's uh, with Grunt Style, and uh, I, I just want to make sure you on the line, Timothy. I am here, Kelly. Oh, awesome! Thanks for being on the show. I got to tell you, I already just went on your uh, website the other day, just checking you out, you know, and and I I spent about three hundred dollars on Christmas presents. So um, <laughs> you've got a really compelling website with really cool stuff, and I'm going to tell you. We have a, a an online store here, and and to be perfectly honest, we sell mostly stocks, but we do have shirts and hats and hoodies and some clothes and stuff. I don't know how you do it. You've got so many products on your website that if you can't find something that looks like something that really turns you on on that website, I think there's something wrong with you. <laughs> right. I would have to agree with you, Kelly. You know, uh, first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I'm really excited to be with you guys today. And, uh, you know, i got to say, we have a wonderful team here at Grunstyle. Uh, we employ about 525 veterans and patriots, and uh, this team is absolutely wonderful. And uh, this company would not be where it is and providing awesome product to all of our fans without uh, the members that we have on our team and uh, the passion that they have for everything that they do. Okay, I have one suggestion for you. And it, on, your, on your front page, you have... Uh, join the Grunt Style Movement. It has a wheel. You spin the wheel, and if you're lucky enough, you get a discount, which I did. I got 10%. And so it gives you a code to use. And I said, all right, cool. I'm going to go do some shopping. <laughs> and when I went back to find the code, it was gone. So you might want to tell people that you need to write this code down because <laughs> it's going to disappear if you change, if you turn the page. So well, I didn't get to use my 10%. Yeah, I didn't get to use my 10% discount, but I think that whole thing is really fun and uh, a really a good way to get people engaged in the in the page. Absolutely, and I might know a guy, Kelly, for your next purchase. We can we can make that 10% work for you. <laughs> okay, um, so let's let's find out a little bit about you. I want to know, you know, where you grew up, how you got to where you are today. Why, what you know, what influences you. Uh, had in your life that that took you this direction and and first i want to say from everybody here in the studio um thanks for your service you know we're really um happy to have um former military personnel uh helping out and especially because the fact that you hire vets that's the coolest thing i can i can tell you that's uh, i really have a lot of respect for you 
Well, much appreciated. And uh, I know my team would be very appreciated as well. Uh, so it's a great story, um, you know, some ups and downs along the way. Uh, I, I, grew, I was born in Chicago and, you know, lived in a lot of states across the United States. Uh, I lived in Iowa, Kansas, California, North Carolina, uh, back to Illinois. And uh, now we uh, are moving our family down to Texas as we set up some more operations and ex- continue to expand the Grunstow operation uh, and bring more uh, employees into um, our operation and uh, more importantly uh, begin to start uh, our American made processes uh, with some you know really secret stuff called our, our cut and sew which is our Delta company but um, you know going back to what you know where I come from and how I got here uh, you know I spent uh, my much of my youth traveling around with my parents and uh, Ended up joining the Marine Corps back in 1997, and I think it was the greatest thing in my life. It really, uh, you know, it was a, a troubled child and getting into a lot of tro- uh, you know, different circumstances and different, you know, things throughout, uh, you know, my teenage years. And if it wasn't for the Marine Corps, I think uh, life would be incredibly different for me. Uh, but I served uh, uh, my four years on active duty uh, as an Amtracker. I uh, got out in 2001. And uh, went back to Chicago, where my family was living at the time, and you know got into the union trades and was doing carpentry. And uh, September 11th happened, and uh, next thing I was asking myself, uh, or more, was really that uh, I was no longer a Marine, and you know it looked like the the country was heading in a direction that you know I had trained much of my uh, a life, or you know at that period a lot of a lot of my life for. So. I had uh, determined uh, that I wanted to re-enlist and uh, re-enlisted with the reserve unit in Chicago, 2nd Battalion, 24th Marines, and I was put into their weapons company uh, and OJ'd into OJT on the job training into the infantry side. So I got uh, reclassed as an 0311, which was something that I really, truly wanted to do from my be- the beginning time of uh, joining the Marine Corps, but uh, I got put into the Amtrak's, so I had to kind of deal with it. But... Um, you know, getting into the infantry side was absolutely amazing, and then we deployed to Iraq in uh, September '04, uh, where I served in the Triangle of Death and supported operations. Um, well, uh, Operation Phantom Fury, uh, the big uh, second push through Fallujah, and uh, we got uh, did our job there. Got uh, some really great. Um, you know, uh, experiences and uh, the unit itself was, uh, you know, very recognized for the things that we did. Uh, we were all put up for a naval unit citation, uh, which is extraordinary because the unit that I was with was, um, you know, throughout its history was put up for, you know, two presidential unit citations during World War II and uh, follow on uh, missions in Korea. Uh, so it's a, a, a well-recognized unit, and I think that we continued with the honor of our um, for, uh, the, the forefathers before us in the, in the Corps, and, and I think we truly did them uh, the, the service that uh, they, they passed down to us. So it was really extraordinary doing that. And uh, so I got back from Iraq in uh, um, June. Uh, I'm sorry, April of '05, and got back into the Union trades and. You know, things kind of, uh, you know, I started experiencing some, some uh, survivor's guilt. I uh, lost a lot of friends while we were in country and uh, kind of spun my life out of control um, to the point where I was, you know, uh, very close to committing suicide. And and uh, it really had changed my life. Uh, you know, I, I, during that time period, I lost a, a lot of my fam, uh, my marriage, my children. Um, you know, things were not looking very good for me. And, um 
you know, but I, I, I hit that rock bottom and started changing things. And uh, right around that time period, I went to college, got a degree, graduated top of my class, and uh, found a job at Grunstyle, and which was pretty funny at the time because uh, I'd remarried and life was you know, working itself back out. I, you know, my kids and I were uh, reestablishing our uh, relationships, and and uh, I was doing some comic books at the time, and you know, really wasn't paying the job, so my, my wife uh, said, uh, Tim, we need to we need you to find something better to bring more money to the table. And uh, so I started searching around, putting all my resumes in, and things were just not panning out. And I found this job application, or job posting for Grunt Style, and it was for a graphic designer's position, and I had a bachelor's degree in art. And I was like, oh, this is a great opportunity, military organ- uh, organization. <laughs> and uh, submitted an application, uh, got at the interview, and uh, got turned down, and I was really devastated. I was like, "Oh my goodness, how can I uh, be turned down for such a job that was so you know, seemed so right for me?" Uh, so I left uh, a little disappointed, and on my way home, and uh, I received a phone call from the owner, Daniel Alaric, and uh, he offered me a, a position in the company doing something different, and uh, it was an extraordinary thing. And I was thinking to myself, "Well, I can't go home without a job because my wife wouldn't." you know, really give me the, the tongue lashing. And uh, so I accepted the job not even knowing what uh, the pay would be, and it was folding shirts for the business. And uh, that was the beginning of my story with Grunstyle. And as the company continued to grow, uh, you know, I was uh, the sixth employee and uh, uh, started at the bottom of the, the business and helped uh, the owner um, really start expanding everything out from uh, operations and processes. And uh, you know, went from folding shirts to being a press operator to the lead press operator, uh, production manager, operations manager to the chief operating officer, and now I am a partner uh, in the business. So uh, it's been an extraordinary last five years um, with the business, and uh, we continue to grow and bring in lots and lots of uh, wonderful patriots and veterans. And I just can't say enough, uh, you know, to. Uh, Daniel for giving me the opportunity to cut my teeth and show that uh, I had the the goods to 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 really you know help the business. That's a great story, and uh, I really want to thank you for being honest and really talking about where you were at and how you got to where you were. Because I know those things aren't easy to talk about, you know, failed marriages and and relationships with the kids and and how you felt and and the guilt and. So I, I, I want to thank you for sharing that. I think it means a lot to a lot of our listeners out there who have felt the same things, but, you know, you just don't hear people talk about that. So thanks for that. Um, oh, you know, I think what what really struck me was to be where you are today as a partner, you had to start by folding shirts, and you <laughs> took that job. You know, a lot of guys would have said, no, hell no, that's way below me. I'm not taking that job. And especially some of the the most recent generation into the workforce that I've had to deal with, they want to start, at least if not on top, they want to start halfway up. They don't ever want sure. to start at the bottom. And you as a Marine and having done everything you had done, willing to take that job, folding shirts, and uh, say, hey, I'm going to do it the best I can we're going to make the best out of this that we can and see where it goes. And you're a perfect example of how hard work really pays off. Absolutely. You know, I think that there's, there's something to be said about that. And, you know, I've seen it across our business a lot. A lot of people come to us with, 
you know, opportunity in their eyes, and they see that the the company is continuing to grow. And you know, my story is just one of many within the company, and there are several uh, within Grunstyle that have a similar story in the sense that they come in at a bottom level, and you know, they find themselves into uh, a, a position as a vice president or you know, doing jobs. For example, our vice president of marketing, a wonderful individual, his name is uh, Adam Ruckavina. And, you know, before he came to Gruntstyle, he was selling food on a food truck down in the city of Chicago. And now he is responsible uh, for all of the things that you see in social media and all of our digital ad marketing. Uh, that is, you know, a fruit of his labor. And, uh, you know, it just goes to show you, if you have an individual that is really wanting to show their self-worth and, and, and really grow and contribute to something, uh, that the... The world is at their fingertips, and it, and you know how we operate in grunt style as especially leaders. You know, we set the goal, we provide the resources for them to to meet that goal, and then we get out of the way and let them do what they need to do without getting involved in micromanagement. Um, you know, we've seen, uh, you know, I'm sure all of us, uh, you and all the listeners, have come across the, you know. Uh, things in their professional career where they just feel like they're being micromanaged and they're not, you know, given the opportunity to truly perform. And, you know, we do that completely different at Grunt Style to where, you know, again, provide the goals, provide the resources, and get out of the way and let, let them do what they know or need to do and, and, and measure their successes or their failures and, uh, you know, after the, the operation is complete. And, um, you know, that has been a recipe for us that has just maximized our, our uh, employees and all of our team members. Hey, Tim, Zub Nadler here. Uh, I'm the one who was corresponding with your folks to get you on the air. And you basically just described Kelly's methodology as well. He told me, go ahead and start, you know, gathering inventory and getting pros and put together this ELRHQ program that we're launching on December 18th. And really, it was very similar. But, you know, I'm a big fan of yours. And I, I didn't know you were with Grunt Style when I first met you, so to speak, by somebody sending me your violent but true bedtime stories channel. <laughs> <laughs> I got to tell you, man, I mean, I love it. I think my favorite one was of that one, uh, I, I don't think he was a Marine, I think he was actually Army, who went with a flamethrower from bunker to bunker, shooting flames down air vents. Am I correct? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> that was, I mean, I, you were <laughs> So the funny story behind these things is uh, I absolutely love the, the Violet But True Bedtime Stories. It was a, uh idea of uh, Daniel Alaric's wife. She said, you know what, we should put these stories together. It would be really cool. And, and, you know, Tim has a good presence, and it would be something very interesting for him to, to do. So we started him out, and we kind of built this character of the first sergeant to where, you know, he's, he retired from the military. And this is not my story. This is just a character. So it's a, it's a persona, right? And uh, so the, this character retired from the military. He's working with Grunt Style, and you know he's living in the trailer in the parking lot. And we've really just built this character, and, and, and just reading these bedtime stories of just amazing Americans. And they're not just military people. There's a lot of stories in there about just wonderful people that have just done extraordinary things. And um, but the the interesting part about it all is these are you know, very raw in the sense that I don't read any of the stories before we go into filming. So some of the reactions that you're seeing in these videos are just like blatantly, uh, I like know, that. Just, yeah. yeah, it's just, it's, it's just real, you know? And, and I think that's a perfect story, uh, or a perfect example of the, la of, of that particular bedtime story where, uh, you know, I just couldn't read through it cause it was like, Oh my goodness, what this guy's an animal, you know? And I couldn't, you know, and, and, you know, 
putting myself back into that mental, uh, that combat mindset in, in how that individual went through and did everything he did, knowing that he was probably going to die. It was absolutely amazing. And that's what I was just like, oh my goodness. I'm trying to picture myself doing this, and I don't know if I have you know, the, the gumption to, to actually pull something off like that. But you know, I think that is what is wonderful about our uh, American military is that you can put average people into these extraordinary positions, and they will accomplish the mission and uh, you know just truly be successful. Now that's great, and and that works great for both military and civilians. But you have another mm-hmm. show that I found fascinating called Cigars and Sea Stories, where you actually allow for former, uh, you know, vets. Uh, I just listened to one of a couple of Force Recon guys talking, and it just seems like a great avenue for folks to talk out how they feel. And I wonder what you know brought you to create that. Uh, so the Cigar and Steve stores is not a, a property of Grunt Style. There are some good friends of ours uh, that, you know, they have a, a, an extraordinary, uh, you know, platform that they, you know, just get all these uh, veterans together. And, you know, just talking about the successes of people, you know, that have taken the understanding of what we learned in the military and all of those leadership values and you know, character values and taking them out into the private industry and really making those work in the private industry. And, then, and you know, those happen in so many different areas of, of, of professional careers that, you know, it's extraordinary what, you know, what the American military teaches individuals from, you know, like I said, character and leadership and, you know, and taking those things because a lot of people walk out of the military and say, you know what, I was in the infantry. And, you know, the only thing I'm really suited to do is go uh, work in police, private security or something along those lines. And that's absolutely untrue. You know, we are taught so many great, you know, fundamentals uh, of being, you know, uh, in those types of positions that we can extrapolate those and insert them into business. Uh, because really in business, you're just taking, it's a different battle space. You're no longer getting shot at, but the, the intricacies are still there and you just need to extrapolate, you know, removing yourself from that battle, uh, you know, the combat environment and putting yourself into a business battle space and applying yourself in, in, in that aptitude and you're going to get amazing results. You know, I think that's the same thing as what you're saying is the same thing as going to university, getting a degree. It's not so much what they teach you, but that they teach you how to learn and how to set your mind to something and dig in and get it done. And I think that that turns out to be more important to college graduates than what they've actually been taught. Uh, We've only got a few minutes left uh, I'd like for you to share the website, the address, where they can find these stories. Tell all our listeners exactly what they need to know to find out more about Grunt Style. Certainly. So uh, you can go to our website at gruntstyle.com. Uh, and then we have many social uh, avenues uh, in you know, Facebook. You know, we have a, our Facebook page. Uh, then we have several of our different brands on uh, the uh, Facebooks and social media as well, Instagram, uh, Twitter, uh, and then you know, talking things like the Grunt Style Motorsports, Grunt Style Streetwear, Grunt Style um, you know, Fitness. Uh, we have Grunt Fit, which is a subsidiary of Grunt Style. We have American Bourbon, which is a partner of Grunt Style. We have so many different brands that, uh, you know, it's all there in that digital space. And I encourage everybody to really check it out because not only is it, you know, a, a good product, uh, but it's a it's a really an environment where you know you're really you know 
you know, communicating. It's a, it's a family uh, through the social media and, you know, a good way of inter- interacting with people. And, you know, uh, our Grunstyle events uh, team, which is you can follow on Facebook, is extraordinary. And we put on these different events across the country, which draw an amazing amount of people uh, to these, um, you know, really festivals where we put all these people together that are, you know, Grunstyle fans and uh, we just have a great party. And, you know, so these are the types of things you'll find in, in our uh, social media spaces and on the website itself, you can check out grunstyle.com backslash events and see where all of our events are occurring across the country. And next year, 2018, is going to be a great year for our events team. We have well over 40 events planned for the year. And I guarantee you, listeners, that there will be one near you before the end of the year. Awesome. Hey, Tim, this is Thomas Stone's Armory. Going to give you a quick question. I uh, saw that you guys started a grunt-style shooting team for the PRS uh, this year with you and Joe Cayley, and I believe Spencer Berry is on that team, and uh, Brian Morgan. How's that going? Well, the team is doing extraordinarily well. Uh, Spencer uh, Berry just won uh, uh, the TAC division. Um, so he's, uh, you know, again, leading by example uh, and, and really, you know, rubbing it in on the rest of us on the team. Um, you know, and Joe Cayley, Brian Morgan, uh, and myself, uh, we're, we're still out there. We're still shooting. Uh, Joe Cayley and myself, we won second place in uh, Freedom Has a Face up at Bull Hill Ranch earlier this year. Uh, so I'm, I'm really excited what the, the team is doing. And uh, keep an eye out for next year as uh, the team expands into uh, something a little bit more awesome, and it's called G3 uh, Tactical Sports, which is going to be making a splash at the beginning of the new year. So keep your eyes out for that. Yeah, we'll do that, Tim. Thanks for being on the show. I really appreciate it. We're out of time, so we're going to have to let you go, but definitely want to have you back when we talk more about shooting and, and some other things that Grunt Style is involved in. Uh, once it. again, thanks for your service, and thanks for being on the show. Thanks for having me, guys. We'll talk soon. Okay. And I'd like for all of our listeners to stay tuned. Uh, We'll be back after this short break. Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. For over 40 years, Macmillan USA has been at the leading edge of the gunstock industry. The company was born out of the desire to improve and perfect form, function, and precision with every one of their premium fiberglass stocks. From tactical to hunting to competitive shooting, Macmillan stocks are designed to dominate. Their signature three-way adjustable butt plates, adjustable cheek pieces, rail mounts, and adapters provide a versatile platform built on performance. Over 65 custom finishes are available, ranging from solid colors to camouflage. Check out the Macmillan website for hundreds of stocks available for immediate delivery. And for those wanting something more specialized, call the knowledgeable and friendly staff at Macmillan for a complete list of options at 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. Again, that's 877-365-6148 or visit MacmillanUSA.com. 
we're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You are listening to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Now back to the show. Hi, everyone. Thanks for sticking around through the commercial. Uh, Cooper Balestrino, our social media expert, has just uh, snuck into the studio. So we're going to give her a few minutes to talk about what we've got going on social media right now. Hey, guys. uh, Just a quick reminder to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Taking Stack with Kelly McMillan. And then also a small announcement. We do have a holiday sale coming up in December within the next two weeks. So make sure to sign up for the newsletter at mcmillanusa.com for a chance at a discount on our online retail store. Hey, and I just want to let everybody know, we just sent out an email blast. If you get our blast, um, you'll want to take a look at this one. It's a a raffle put on by the- sold out. Oh, it's sold out already? It's sold out real quick. Real quick. Before uh, we, we sent it out at early this morning and within- 30 minutes people were responding saying hey it's sold out it's sold out like oh. everyone just went crazy what was it? for it okay so it was a you know what let me it was a custom rifle built uh, on a mcmillan uh, um, graphite hunter stock mm-hmm. uh, with a krieger barrel and and had targets to prove it shot um, half minute moa hunting rifle mm-hmm. and uh, and seven millimeter remington mag and it was a fundraiser for the arizona deer association so we, we help all of the organizations by promoting their raffles and stuff. This one happened to be a really good one. I would I, I actually, they, I, I bought five tickets. Did <laughs> you? <laughs> I, I, you know, so I'm hoping I win it. They only had, cool. they only sold 450, 450 tickets. 450 of them. So. And to me, I'm like, oh man, so many people wanted in on this. You should have just umped yeah, it up a they, little they bit. Should have stopped that. And I think I, I'll talk to It was a small number. Them. I was surprised that they chose that number too. Yeah. Well, you know what? I think what they really tried to do do is cover their costs and and give a really mm-hmm. good prize for the for the the guy who wins the raffle. But the fact is, is that they could have made a lot more money. And and we've we've done that. We helped mm-hmm. the uh, Phoenix uh, um, Safari Club International chapter raise about sixteen thousand dollars by helping them promote their raffle on a, a similar gun. So it's stuff that we like to do because it helps to bring uh, some awareness to things that are happening in Arizona to people all over the country. And uh, they get involved in, you know, a $20 raffle ticket. It's always a good thing. So, And, the, you know, the really cool thing is, is kind of like maybe an outsider coming into your show today, is a lot of the listeners don't know how much you put into the shooting sports as well as hunting and the conservation of, because they don't really know what, the, what that gun's going to. But the Deer Association, they promote a lot of conservation and they really educate and they have the big banquet every year. I'm sure the governor's tags that just got bought at the uh, deer banquet earlier this year, they're out there trying to find that big buck. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that's one thing that we really believe in. I'm a a life member of almost every organization there is. And not just so I can tell people I'm a life member, but that (laughs) $1,000 that for that life membership goes a long way to helping them 
to improve habitat and to improve, uh, you know, the mule deer in Arizona has been struggling over the last 15 years, ever since they outlawed trapping mountain lions, our mule deer population has been declining. Now, that may not be the only reason, but it for sure hasn't helped. Uh, So it's important that we put as much effort, time and effort, uh, Arizona um, Mule Deer Foundation, uh, the, the the National Mule Deer Foundation out of Utah does an awesome job of putting boots in the field, uh, preparing water um, and habitat and re- replacing fences and doing all the kind of stuff that people just, it's hard work and they don't like to do. They just rather give their money and have so, somebody else do it. But these guys are the ones that actually go out and do it. So that's why I really like to support them. And there's a lot behind the scenes when it comes to like the hunter is the largest conservationist whenever it comes to wildlife. Absolutely. Okay, um, thanks for listening to that. And I'm um, sorry you guys didn't get a chance to get in on that raffle, <laughs> but we'll try to get involved uh, in the next one a little earlier, give you a better chance. Uh, right now, I want to introduce Cole Kornberg from Voodoo Rifles. Cole, how are you doing? Good. How are you guys doing? We're doing fine. The show's awesome today. Uh, I know you're going to be a great guest. I can't uh, wait to hear a little bit about you and uh, Voodoo Is it Voodoo Rifles? Voodoo Gunworks. Voodoo Gunworks. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Voodoo Gunworks. Um, you know, I, I've heard about you a lot uh, over the last year or so, and really just getting to know the products and, and what you do. But I want my listeners to get to know Cole a little bit. Tell us where you're from. Uh, how you got where you are, and then how that relates to Voodoo Gunworks. Uh, I'm, I actually live now, I live in Mona, Utah. It's right almost smack dab in the middle of the state. Um, I, uh, I recently, about five and a half years ago, started work for Barnes Bullets. Before that was the military, but um, I, got, I got hired on as a, a ballistics lab tech or a ballistician, as many people call it. Um, I, I spent uh, probably three and a half years doing that, and then Barnes hired me on full-time as their um, armor. So I spent a lot of time working with uh, ballistics and firearms and different things like that. And then recently I got approached by Paul and the guys at Voodoo Gunworks, and uh, they asked me if I could come and kind of be a part of their team or a part of their family, and uh, it's been an awesome, awesome experience so far. So, uh, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Utah, uh, Fillmore, okay. Utah. It's about 40 minutes south of where I live right now. And what branch of the military were you in? Uh, Army and the National Guard. So, I spent eight years in the National Guard, got out as a sergeant. Thank you very much for your service. Uh, as you know, if you've listened to our show at all, we, we rely heavily on our vets and, and uh, former military people to fill our um guest list uh it's something that we like to do because we really appreciate the uh the effort and the support for our our freedom um and i I wanted to thank you for for your service hey thank you i appreciate that it goes a long ways to helping us feel a little bit better too so yeah i appreciate that so when you got um went to work for barnes as a ballistician what was your background that allowed you to fill that position? Honestly, I didn't have a whole lot of background. You know, I, I was shooting and, and reloading. One one cool thing about Barnes is there's a great knowledge base there of guys that have been in the industry for years and years. So when, when the job opportunities came up, I, I was kind of leery about how I was going to bring something to the team. 
but with their background, I mean, they trained me in a matter of, you know, a few months of understanding it. But as most people know in the, in the ballistic side of the world, you're never going to completely understand everything. So, you know, in five years, I learned a whole lot of stuff, and there's still a whole lot more to learn. You know, you get into the applied ballistic side, you get into um, understanding weather data. I mean, it, it's just amazing what goes into about ballistics and different things. And I attribute what I know today to the, to the knowledge base that was there previously. I mean, Randy and Connie Brooks pretty much turned Barnes into what it is today, you know, with the, with the triple shock and everything like that. And their knowledge, you know, you know, it's just a, it's pretty much a family of, of knowledge that was there. And it was, it was a great experience to be a part of. I have to be honest, when I ran the rifle company, uh, we had a really good relationship with uh, the Brooks family and Barnes Bullets, and, and we went to them for everything related to bullets and even custom loading and, and uh, subsonic ammo. And, a whole, and, and unfortunately, that cha- the relationship changed when uh, Freedom Arms came along because they no longer had the the ability to do small projects like they were doing with us. Uh, it was more about making that corporate presence and, and doing what uh, the head honchos uh, in the corporation said. So uh, I, I, find, I found that I was a little disappointed that we didn't get to, to spend as much time working with the family. And, the, and, the, and I call them a family because it seemed like if they weren't really family, they were in-laws or something. You know, it seemed like everybody was related. Just like in this company, everybody is referred to as part of the family. And uh, if they're not related to McMillan, they're related to each other or somebody else that works there. So, yeah. Um, but I, I love those guys. Was. Yeah. Yep. And so do you still work with them? Uh, not not necessarily, no. Um, they had, a, they had a, a great big layoff and... Uh, Sad to say, the armor's position was one of the first layoffs that needed to happen. So, I kind of got, you know, they they said thanks for thanks for this, but you know that's that's it, and you know that's the sad thing with corporate corporate world and corporate everything. But hey, it's got to happen. You know, business has to go on and lives go on. But it opened a huge a huge window for me to get into voodoo and uh, start on the ground up with them. And it, it's like I said, it's been probably one of the greatest things that's happened to me as far as you know, um, being, I guess you could say blessed. Um, so, you know, everything happens for a reason. So that was, that's my philosophy anyway. Okay. Well, tell us about Voodoo Gunworks. Uh, Voodoo was started, uh, it's been a few years in the making. Uh, I don't know if a lot of people know him. A lot of people don't. Um, the creator behind it's name is Mike Bush. He's, uh, he's one of the, um, R and D guys, uh, developer for Savage right now, but he had an idea to take the 40x uh, base for a 22 and create it into, you know, a full repeater that that just you know blows everybody away in the industry. This this idea that he came up with, I mean, it drops into any 700 stock. It uses an AICS or accurate magwell. I mean, so if a guy's shooting the McMillan stock and A5 or something, and he, he goes, "Hey, I want a true 22 trainer that I can go and practice with." He can take one of these voodoo's and it's going to drop right in. It's got the same bottom footprint as a 700. Well, that's that's probably the smartest thing. And Mike is full of smart ideas. I know Mike, and we talked just recently uh, about all things related to his job and 
And it, I think the conversation started out with Voodoo Gunworks, but it migrated into how McMillan can work with Savage again and making stocks warm and stuff. But um, the fact that it, it's a true dedicated small bore receiver in the footprint of a, a 700 is, is really smart because there's so many options out there available for that action that makes it customizable, a rifle customizable to whatever the user wants it to be, whether, you know, he wants to shoot small bore, you know, you don't uh-huh. have to use an Anschutz anymore. You can use no. a, a Voodoo Gunworks. You know, on a, on a gun builder side of the house, it's really cool that the Voodoo offers you to, you can put it in any stock, what's, you know, that's inleted for a Remington 700. You can do any rail that you want, any trigger configuration. I mean, it's really, uh, it's really innovative, really neat. Now, yeah, I have uh, a question. The, okay. the new um, Rifle League, they have a 22 division, don't they? They do, the NRL yeah. 22. And then are they using semi-autos or are they using bolt actions? Both. Both? So that's something, are you getting any play in that sport? Yeah, of course. That's one of our biggest. That's one of our biggest selling points right now. I mean, we've heard over the years of 22 trainers, but in my opinion, there has never been a true 22 trainer because you go out and buy an Anschutz, which is an awesome rifle. You go buy one of these others, but the problem is, is you're limited. You've only got one selection of stocks. You've only got one selection of triggers. Really, there's there's not a whole lot of wiggle room there with the Voodoo. You know, you go out, we've had a lot of a lot of interest lately in our apparition line, which is our chassis line. Um, guys are coming from the PRS and the NRL, and they're going, hey, I want to be able to practice and dry fire, but why would I need a dry fire when I've got one of these and I've got 50 yards in my backyard? Um, the, the ability to take a Timney or a Bix and Andy or a Huber or whatever trigger you want to run and run it in one of these, run whatever stock or chassis you're running on your big boy rifle, and pretty much putting together a course of fire that would mimic it you know it, it, it's changing it's uh revolutionizing the 22 in my opinion um you know i would suggest anybody who wanted to have a trainer and let's just say they were shooting an a5 and in a 700 in a uh, a high power uh gun a 300 win mag but they wanted just to learn trigger control my suggestion would be uh, let's make it a 308 so it's compatible. My suggestion would be buy a second stock. Right. Of course, they could take the stock off of their 308, put it on the the Voodoo Gunworks Action, and use the same stock to train with. That way, it would it would save them from having to go out and buy a completely new gun. It would feel exactly like the 308. Uh, of course, you don't have the recoil to contend with. But when you're concentrating on technique and style and and trigger control. All that stuff comes later. You need to really to hone in on on getting that trigger squeeze just right before you worry about how to manage and handle the the recoil. And one of the biggest things, whenever as a as a PRS or an NRL shooter, you know, whenever you start getting into stuff like shooting off barricades or alternate positions and things like that, it's really neat to be able to see what you just talked about at trigger control at short distances. Whenever you're shooting at a you know like a small plate rack or something like that. Yeah, we ran some data a while back. I was at CORE. Um, we were shooting some, some things down at CORE Shooting Solutions in Florida, and we were shooting at 400 yards with a uh, 22. I mean, everybody's like, holy cow, you can do that? I says, yeah, of course you can do that. As long as you can understand wind, you know, you've got all your variables figured out. 
But what a lot of people don't realize is, you know, uh, 22 at 200 yards with the drop and everything, it mimics a 308 at, you know, six or 800 yards. So if you're sitting there and you want to learn wind and you want want to learn, you know, the basics of it, trigger control, um, reading, you know, everything else, you can sit there at 200 yards and, I mean, you can go 10 for 10 and with a 22 at 200 yards. And people don't realize that, that they can go out and truly train with it. You've got less ammo costs. Um, you're not paying, you know, full price for 223. Not to mention, you can go out and shoot a 22 all day and not get tired of it. Um, you go shoot a 308, you're tired of it after about 15 or 20 minutes, as you all know. So <laughs> well, you know, it, it changes a lot of things. It's a lot easier on your ears as well. Of course, you want to hear... Uh, wear hearing protection anyway, but the fact is, is that it's just a lot more pleasant to shoot. If you're going to shoot mm-hmm. five, six hundred rounds, it's much more pleasant to do it with a uh, 22 rimfire than it is to do it with any center fire cartridge. Right, right. And we've been getting a lot of calls. A lot of the calls that are coming to me, especially, are, you know, hey, I want to get involved in the NRL 22. I want to get involved in these little 22 leagues that are popping up everywhere because, uh, you know, it's not as is overwhelming. My wife was the same way. My wife was a little scared to get into the PRS and the NRL because, you know, you've got a target out there at 800 yards. You've got to find it. But where the NRL set up for 100 yards and under, it's not nearly as overwhelming um, for the kids and, you know, for the women, especially, you know, as we all know, kids nowadays aren't like they were, you know, 10, 15 years ago. So trying to get them out and getting them involved, you know, this is just another avenue. There's a whole bunch of avenues that the voodoo is opening up. And they can grow with it. You know, you can start with a 22 and a XLR chassis or a McMillan or however you want to do it. And as you grow and as those kids grow, they can grow calibers, you know, and they can learn it. But it's an awesome place to start, to start your kids especially. Well, I want to tell you that you're a better man than I am because if you can shoot a 22 rim fire 400 yards, uh, I have a little anecdote to, to tell you. A friend of mine lived up uh, northeast of Phoenix and on seven acres and his wife had some horses but they had a real prairie dog uh, problem and he was afraid that the the horse would step in one of the holes break its leg throw his wife and they're they're my age so Mm -hmm. you know you don't want to be hitting the ground off a horse when you're in your 60s so he said but i bought me this little uh, 17 hmr savage i'm going to shoot these well 100 yards was my max on that dude I tell you what, a three or four mile an hour wind with that 17 HMR little tiny bullet traveling out there made, you know, seven, eight, nine inches of difference. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't do any better. Inside 100, I was good. Any, anything past 100, forget it. I was just hoping. It, it's so, amazing, yeah, though, can, even with the ammo, how much that changes, you know, point of impact. Everybody knows in the precision world, you know, you've got to load your own, but it's crazy how each of these ammos, you know, as you learn your rifle in 22, how everything, you know, Ely primed and Lapua primed. And, you know, it's amazing all the little variances that go into 22 caliber that, that can change that. But, I mean, we, we kind of created a thing we call the Voodoo Giggle or the Voodoo Grin. Almost everyone that I've ever had shoot one of these Voodoos has had that little grin to go, and holy cow, I never knew you could do that. I. I set up uh, one of our voodoo apparitions in a Jay Allen at um, at Core, and I, I dialed it for 200, told everybody to hold, you know, half mil off edge. And there were guys going for 10 for 10 at 200 yards with a 22, and, I mean, they were just totally, they were totally excited that they could do it. So, I mean, there's, hey, there's Paul, a lot of, uh, 
Yeah. Paul, I, I hate to yeah. cut you off, but we're really out of time. My producer's yelling at me. Uh, I just want to give you a chance to to tell the people about the Voodoo Gunworks. That's V-U-D-O-O-G-U-N-W-O-R-K-S. That's Voodoo Gunworks spelled with a, a V-U instead of V-O-O uh, mm-hmm. dot com. They can get your website there and find all the information. And you're on all social media as well. Yes. Yep. Well, thanks for being yeah, on the show. On. I really appreciate it. Um, good luck with uh, everything you got coming up. I know you've got a lot of new things, exciting things. We'll have you back next year and find out how things are going. Okay. Thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Okay. And I want to thank all of our listeners. It's been a great show. We ran out of time much too fast, as we normally do. But uh, I want to thank uh, Cooper, Thomas, for being in the studio, Zev, for the help. I want everybody, all of our listeners out there to uh, go out and enjoy the weekend. We're getting close to the holidays. Go get your Christmas shopping done. and, And we'll see you next week on Voice America Sports Channel with Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Thank you for tuning in to Taking Stock with Kelly McMillan. Be sure to come back for more next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time at 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The weekend is here. Enjoy yourself. We'll talk again next week.